0: Welcome to the New Birth Christian Ministries podcast. New Birth Christian Ministries is located in Columbus, Ohio. Under the direction of Pastor Yavis Ellis, join us as we transform our families, school, community, and city by introducing everyone to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God is a good God and he is a faithful God. Oh my God, I get excited. I get excited because I remember where I was. I remember where I was. I remember where I was when I wanted nothing to do with God, when I wanted nothing to do with the word of God. But God was like, Aaron, I have a special plan for you and I'm going to snatch you out of the sin. I'm going to snatch you out of the hell that you are going through right now. And I'm letting you know right now, I feel the prophecy coming over me right now. I'm I'm letting you know right now that no matter what you are going through, God can snatch you out of that sin. God can snatch you out of that depression. God can snatch you out of that sickness. God can snatch you out of that situation. God can snatch you out of that financial bind that you are in even right now. God is no respect. I am not special by any means necessary, but all I decided to do was to begin to give God my life and I begin to trip in the fall Even when I was giving God those decisions over my life But God was saying I'm here to keep you I'm here to stable you I'm here to say that if you will give you my life Watch me begin to pull you out And begin to change your life around Amen Amen. I I get emotional around this time. It's my godson's birthday today, Yavis Jr. It's his birthday today. It's it's little man's birthday today. He turned six years old, but I'm reminded of the blessing. Every time I look at my son, my son turned 13 years old um, this past Wednesday, and I just think about the goodness and the grace of God. He allowed me to be a father for 13 years old. My son was born out of sin, but my son is saved, and my son is in the house. of God today and I am here saying that I am trying and then I am moving forward God is saying that even your mistakes will begin to push you into your destiny even those things that you thought was going to be a hindrance will begin to push you into your destiny so I get excited when I think of the goodness and the gracious of God amen amen Joshua 10 Joshua 10 Joshua 10 We have been in a series... We have been in a series, we have been in a series that our pastor has been talking to us about, and we are moving towards God's promises. We are moving towards God's promises. Last week, we begin to, to, to learn, and we begin to see that the deceiver, he has a plan for our lives. The deceiver has a plan for our lives. The, the devil, the, the, the one who was beneath our feet, the, the, the serpent, he has a plan for our lives, just like God has a plan for our lives but in order to make sure that he does not get to his plans before God gets to his plans is that we have to watch for seduction. Amen. We have to watch for those who who come into our lives and they begin to speak real smooth but the spirit of God is not on them. Amen. On we have to begin to watch out for those hypocrites. Watch out for um the people that say one thing but their lives will begin to do something completely else. We have to watch out for the hypocrites, and this is the most important point right here. We have to make sure that in everything that we do, in everything that we do, we must seek the Lord. We must seek the Lord. So so we sing this. We, we see this um, happening in Joshua chapter 9, and that leads me to Joshua 10. We're going to start at verse number 6, Joshua 10 and 6. I got a few points, and I'm gonna get out your way. I promise you that. I got a few points, and I'm gonna get out your way. And Joshua 10 and 6 says, and the men of Gibeon, Sent unto Joshua to the camp of Gilgal, saying, Slack not thy hand from thy servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us. For all of the king of the Amorites, all of the king of the Amorites, all of the king of the Amorites. Notice my purposeful inflection on the word Amorites here. All of the king of the Amorites that dwell in the mountains are gathered together against us all of the kings are gathered together against us let me give you some context so you can begin to respect the text um last week we had learned that that Joshua had begun to be deceived by a group of people um, Joshua was set out to begin to destroy the people that that were against the, the that were against God and, and these people came and they began to put on some rags and they begin to put on um, some filthy clothes and they begin to have molded bread and and we seeing that they were deceived, and now what happened is Josh and and, and the children of God, they began to make a pack with them. They begin to say that even though we should have destroyed you, we made a pact with you because you deceived us. So now our pact is we will not kill you. So 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 here it is. We 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 have we have Gibeon who has made a pact with Joshua, and what happens is all of the king of the Amorites, all of the cities, they have heard how big and how bad Joshua really was. So what they did was the king, he got out and he said, Listen, um, I heard how big and how bad Joshua's and Gibeon's they weren't no slouches in themselves either but now they have com- they have combined with Joshua so now what we need to do is we need to get all five of our groups together so we can defeat them so that's why Gibeon is coming to Joshua and saying listen I need you to help me because my enemies are coming to destroy me and the first thing that we must see here in the text is that we must move with compassion and forgiveness we must move with compassion and forgiveness I just told you that this was the same group of people who had deceived Joshua and the children of God in verse in chapter number nine now the same people who are saying that I deceived you are the same people who are saying I need your help We must begin to understand that we must move with compassion and forgiveness because God is going to place some people in our lives who have done us dirty. God is going to place some people in our lives who have lied about us, who have mistreated us, who have stole from us, who didn't want to have anything to do with us. And God is going to say that I'm going to flip the script all upon you and you are now going to be in a position to where you are going to need to help them out. And if we are are not careful, we will begin to think like the world, and we will begin to say, oh, it's an eye for an eye. You did this to me. Watch how much I'm going to do back to you. You will say, I hope they begin to ask me for some money. I can't wait to get my note off. You already have the text message already pre-saved in your phone just waiting to hit sin. I can't wait for that person that owed me money to come back and to ask me for some money, and you like, I just can't wait to hit sin. And God is going to say to you that you may have to delete that message and go ahead and send them the money anyway. We must move with compassion and forgiveness. These are the same people. These are the same people. These are the same people who had just deceived them. They, 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 they shouldn't have been. They should have been destroyed. The, the same people that had just deceived them. And now they're coming at, asking me to fight a battle for them. They're coming to me to ask to fight a battle for them, the audacity of them. But God is saying that it's not about what they do. It's about how you respond. And and here it is, and here it is. And and, and the Holy Spirit began to speak with me, and and our pastor preached this um, um, first service, and and the Holy Spirit began to speak with me. Um, he, He wants you to know this, that the same way that you are hearing this word, the devil is hearing this word also. The same way that you're hearing this word, the devil is hearing this word also. And so what I mean by that is, is that we have to have the Holy Spirit and we have to have discernment on who we should be helping out and who God has released us to where we no need to help them out anymore. And what I mean by that is, uh, the devil is hearing this this sermon also. The devil is putting on some people's hearts that God has told you to cut off a law long time ago. And don't be surprised if those people begin to hit you up out of nowhere. God is saying, those are not the people that I want you to help. I told you to begin to split uh, from those people. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit and discernment, the devil will take a good thing and begin to manipulate it. Our pastor told us last week that the devil cannot create. The only thing that he can do is manipulate. So he will take your heart, he will take how how, how how God is blessing you, and he will begin to have those people that will begin to come back into your life, but God has told you that he wants you to X those people out, but because you are not moving in the Holy Spirit and because you are not moving with discernment, those people will come back into your life, and they will begin to drag you back into situations that God did not want you to be in in the first place. We have to make sure that the people that we are helping out that it's a God thing so that's the reason why we must always be in communication with God that's the reason why we must be filled with the Holy Ghost that's the reason why we must be full of the Holy Ghost that's the reason why we have to stay in our word because the devil will begin to hear things and will begin to manipulate them uh, um, um uh, someone asked me this question. I, I, um, I, I sound like a broken record, especially to my teens and to my young adults, because I say this all the time. Um, being a believer is hard. Amen. Being a believer. Is hard. getting saved is the easy part. Oh, it's easy to get saved. It's easy to get saved. All, all you gotta do is Romans 19. All you gotta do is confess and believe, and you're going to be saved. All, all you gotta do is be baptized, and you're going to be saved. But but be being a believer, walking this thing out. Woo! That's where the difficulty comes in there. Being a believer will have my hairline receding like it is right now. Being a believer will have this gray hair growing in my beard that I got to keep low. Being a believer will get bags up. Being a believer is hard. It's it's hard. It's, It's not easy being a believer. And I'm afraid that some of us, we try to be a believer without the Holy Spirit. Some of us, we will try to believe in God when we try to walk out this thing called faith without the Holy Spirit. Well, well, we will have the Holy Spirit, but we won't lean on the Holy Spirit. And that's the reason why we have to have the Holy Ghost because what will happen is, what will happen is, is that they will begin to bring those people back into our lives. And if we do not have discernment, if we are not filled with the Holy Ghost, we will begin to do things that we think is good, but it's not God. You will be doing a good thing, but you won't be doing a God thing. And the only reason why we know it's a God thing is because we have the Holy Spirit who is directing our path. We get so caught up sometimes when we see what other people will begin to do. Just because God told me to give somebody $100, that does not mean that God told you to give that same person $100. We have to begin to take our eyes off of people and begin to put our heart towards God. Because we will begin to go through some things that was not intended for us to go through if we do not begin to do what the God thing is. So we must move with compassion and we must move with forgiveness. I'm going to stay here on the Holy Spirit just just for a moment because I I want us, I don't want you to leave out of this room without any doubt or without any question to say, how can I have the Holy Spirit active in my life so I can begin to make the proper decisions that God wants me to make? Um, We are living in a day of time. We are living in a day of time to where we all have access to more information than our parents and our grandparents had access to. We can begin to look up anything on our phone in an instant. Whatever it is that you like, whatever it is that you want to do, you can begin to find a group of people. You can begin to look it up on your phone. We can indulge ourselves in anything that we like, that our fleshly desires wants to do. And the bad thing about that is, is that we are teaching counterculture. So what culture will begin to tell you is that at all times, especially here in America, you must find ways in order to make yourself happy. What culture will begin to think is that always you must begin to satisfy your flesh. What culture will begin to teach you is that at all times we need to be entertained. At all times we need to have some type of sound going on in our mind. So what would happen is the moment that you decide that you are going to take a step back and begin to listen to God the enemy will, will say hey I wonder how many people were actually born in the year 19 to 42 you will begin to Google things you will begin to search things that you should not be searching at that moment because you have access to it we are living in a generation to where we have the most temptation around us but we are the less spiritual we have more temptation around around us. We can't even go to a basketball game without having some temptation around us. We can't even watch G-rated TV without having some type of temptation around us. But what the enemy has done is, he has created a generation of people that now don't want to come to church. They don't want to read their Bible. They don't want to pray. They don't want to come to church activities. They don't want to do anything. So what the devil is doing is the devil is attacking us at all phases in our lives, but we are becoming further and further and further away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the reason why your mind is so messed up. That's the reason why your house is so messed up. That's the reason why your heart is so messed up. You don't spend any time with God, and then you begin to blame it on God, saying, hey God, you should have kept me out of there. God was saying that if you just would have opened my word, if you just would have begun to pray, if you would have learned how to fast if you would learn how to just be quiet and begin to seek my face instead of always having to be entertained i will begin to remove some of these things from around you We must begin to seek God relentlessly. Oh, we need to go back old school where the Bible says that as a deer panteth after the brooks of the water, so does my soul begin to thirst for you. We need to be thirsty for God. I'm not talking about that American thirst to where we can go in our refrigerator. I'm talking about that desert type of thirst to where you just walking and you don't see any water around you but you're going to keep searching. You're going to keep walking. That's how thirsty we need to be for God. We need to be so thirsty for God that your sorrows think that you're weird. Your frat brothers think that you're weird. That your brothers think that you're weird. That your cousins think that you're weird. That your family think that you're weird because we are going to seek God relentlessly and no matter where I need to find God at, God I need your Holy Spirit and if it take me coming to two services every single week, that's what I'm going to do. If it take me waking up at 6 a.m. on Tuesday, that's what I'm going to do. If it take me coming to Wednesday Bible study, Tuesday Bible study, Thursday Bible study, that's what I'm going to do. If it take me taking a TV off my wall, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to seek God relentlessly because I need the Holy Ghost to help me through this fight. I need the Holy Ghost to help me get through tomorrow. I need the Holy Ghost to begin to order my past because the devil is out here trying to kill me. And I got the biggest and baddest weapon on this side of heaven. I don't want to keep the Holy Ghost locked up in the truck. When the devil come to me, I say, devil, hold up. Let me go pop my truck because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Let me go pop my truck. I uh, devil, you thought you had me, but I'm coming at you. I got 66 books, and I'm not afraid to use any one of them. We must seek God relentlessly. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about people who say they want God, but they don't do anything different in their lives. I'm tired of people saying that they tired of the devil running Rothschild over their family, but they so they're scared to stand up in church. They scared to lift up their hands. They scared to scream. God is saying, I'm getting ready to start a generation of people that is going to be relentless, that they don't care what their friends say about them. They don't care what their neighbors say about about them. They don't care what their co-workers say about them. They're going to seek my face. They're going to stay before me. They're not going to make a step unless I tell them to make a step. We need, we need the Holy Spirit. I'm. That's just my first point. That's just my first point. I got two more points. Uh, yeah. uh, I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Uh, I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. I feel the Holy Ghost. The trouble is the water is a brewing right now. The water is a brewing right now. You can get filled right now. You can have the Holy Spirit coming to your life right now. You can get full right now. Uh, the song says this is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded. It may look like all hell is breaking loose in your life right now. It may look like the devil has you on the ropes. It may look like the devil is beating you up, but the song says it may look like that I'm surrounded, but it goes on to say but I'm surrounded by you as long as God is for you he's more than those who can be against you I dare you just to take 30 seconds and just begin to give God a crazy praise just begin to give God a praise that you've never given him before begin to do something that's out of the ordinary begin to do something that you say God I'm going to give you a crazy praise because we serve a God who has crazy eyes And one thing about this particular text, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna move on. One thing about this particular text is that we must see that this was not even a battle that they were supposed to be fighting in the first place. The people didn't come against Joshua. They came against Gibeon. And I'm here to tell you that there are some people here in this room that you are fighting battles that you did not choose to fight. Some of y'all are fighting generational curses. Some of y'all are fighting being touched at a young age. Some of y'all are fighting when your mama put 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 the water bill in your name and ain't paying. So your credit's already all messed up. Some of y'all are fighting, you've been a good husband, you've been a good wife, but yet and still. Your mate wanted to go out and do their own thing. Some of y'all are fighting battles that are not even yours. And God is saying that even though you are fighting the battle, that you did not choose to fight. I'm going to be right there in the battle with you. I'm going to be right there in the fight with you. You didn't choose who your mama was going to be. You didn't choose who your daddy was going to be. You didn't choose where you was going to grow up at. You didn't choose how your mentality was going to be. You didn't choose how... How tall how short how big how small how you was going to be but God is saying that whatever it is I'm going to make sure that I use it not just to get you out but I'm going to use it for my glory whatever it is that you are going through people are going to look back and see that how you made it out and they're gonna say it must be a God somewhere I know the hell that they've been through I know who their mama was I know who their daddy was I know what school they went to, I know the drugs they used to do, I know the people they used to hang out with, and God is going saying, yeah baby, you're looking at them there, but you need to look at them now, because my grace and my mercy is covering them. My grace and my mercy is covering them. Um, um This was not their battle. They were not supposed to be in this particular fight. But because they move with compassion and they move with forgiveness, God began to encourage me in verse number 8. Ah, God began to encourage me into verse number 8. God began to say something great in verse number 8. And in verse number 8 says that, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, for I have delivered them into thy hand. There shall not be a man among them that shall stand before. Before they, oh, I I know my church folks when I see one. It says, "Fear not, for I have delivered them in your hand." Whatever battle that is set before you, you have already won. Whatever thing that the devil will begin to set before you, you have already won. The Bible says, "Fear not, I have already given them." This is before even one sword was swung. This is before they be even begin to march. Whatever it is that you are going through god is saying that i am with you and i'm going to fight for you and i'm going to make sure that you come out victorious am uh, uh, um, i loving because in order for this battle to be won my second point is we must live on assignment we must live on assignment They did not want to fight in this battle. But God was calling them to fight in this battle. And God said, listen, even before this battle starts, you have already won. Even even before you even get there, you have already won. Even before the enemy comes in, and try to do what he needs to do to you. You have already won. In, verse number, in chapter, number 10, chapter number 9, we see that they did not seek the counsel of God. We see that they did not seek the counsel of God. I got excited because here in chapter number 10, verse number 8, they learn from their mistakes. Because the Bible says that the Lord said... And the only way that the Lord can say is that they begin to seek Him. The only way that the Lord can say is that they begin to get counsel from God. How many of you are glad that God is the God of a second chance? Oh my God. How many of you are glad that God is the God of a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance, a sixth chance, that even though I have messed up, that even though I decided to go my own way, God says that as long as you begin to turn back to me and you begin to seek me, don't think that I'm here to turn my back on you. I want to have a relationship with you. I love you. God is saying that even though you messed up, begin to turn back to me and watch what I'll be able to say to you. That even though you didn't seek me out in that relationship, uh, you didn't seek me out in that marriage, but I can begin to turn that marriage around. Even though you had a kid out of wedlock, you didn't seek me, you was doing whatever you wanted to do. I could begin to turn that relationship around. Even though you begin to buy that house, knowing that you shouldn't have bought that house I can make sure that you stay in that house begin to seek God and watch him turn it around verse chapter number 9 they didn't seek him chapter 10 they said oh no I learned from my mistake oh no nah. I, I, I ain't doing that again. Oh, no. Oh, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to make that. I'm not going to get tricked again. For me once, shame on you. For me twice, shame on me. They begin to seek the counsel of God. And what I love here is that they had to begin to seek the counsel of God. Because um, I, I know my way around the city of Columbus pretty well. I, I know my way around the city of Columbus um, really, really well, actually. Um, I love Columbus. Um, and Columbus is really easy to kind of figure your way around. As long as you're on 270, you can't get lost. <laughs> just look for 270, and you're and you good. I just look for, I live out east, just look for Wheeling, and they look for 270. <laughs> and you can't get lost. But one thing that I have uh, started doing is I made it a habit, is that there's this app called Waze. There's this app called Waze, and I I have some Waze users out here. Um, um, I, I, I love Waze. I love Waze because even though, watch this, even though I know the right way to go, sometimes there are detours and accidents that I am not aware of. So I will find myself sitting in traffic because I thought that this was the fastest way to go. But because I did not seek counsel in the counsel of ways, I could have took a detour around where that accident was. But, but because I leaned into my own understanding, now I have to sit here and I have to begin to sit in traffic when I sit and be sitting in traffic in the first place. A uh, Preacher, what does that have to do with Joshua? Um, um, Joshua did not make an agreement to protect them. Joshua only made an agreement that he would not kill them If it was me and you bamboozled me and now your enemies are coming upon you I would say hey, I kept up my end of the bargain I said that I wasn't going to kill you. I didn't say that I was going to help you out I would have let Gibeon be destroyed by the Amorites right then and there. But because Joshua did not lean into his own understanding, Genesis 15 and 16 says this. It mentions the Amorites people, it says, for their sins of the Amorites is not yet complete it says that the sin of the Amorites are not yet complete it was saying that the Amorites over 300 years ago they have been sinning for over 100 years and God is saying that their sin is not yet complete in Genesis 15 and 16 but I said notice the purposeful inflection that I said where the five kings of the Amorites had came in order to destroy Gibeon they have been sinning now for 400 Years and God is saying, because all five kings have got together, I am now going to use Joshua and the people that have the, the people that have deceived Joshua, I'm going to use them in order to destroy this sinful nation. Because we may not always have all of the pieces to the puzzle. That's the reason why we have to begin to seek God in everything that we do. If, if Joshua would have allowed them not to team up with him, he would not have been able to destroy the Amorites. And God was saying all the way back in Genesis that their time is not yet come, but their time is coming. So by Joshua following God and by Joshua seeking God, he was now placed in a position to where he knew that God was going to bring him forth because he did not just promise it to the people in Joshua, we have promised it back in Genesis that he was going to destroy Those people, when you begin to seek God and when you begin to get in relationship with God, you are moving just out of what you want to do, but you are now stepping into prophecy. When you begin to do what God has called you to do, you will now begin to move into the next level of your faith into where now God is saying that I am placing you in plans of prophecy to where now I am placing you into the bigger picture, into the grand scheme of things. It happened in Genesis 15, but it was not seen forth until Genesis 10. You can go your own way, and it can be good. But if you begin to go God's way, whoo, God will begin to do some things because he wanted to destroy. Because the Amorites people, they were bad people. They, they, they were living totally against God's will. They, as you see, they tried to destroy God's people. And God was like, okay, I got you. The enemy began to get all five people who God wanted to destroy in one room. At one time. So, so, so what that means is that Joshua didn't have to go to each and every city to destroy it. What the devil meant for evil. God meant for good. What the devil brought up thought it was going to destroy you. God was saying, oh baby, I got a bigger plan for you. Because you use ways. Because you begin to seek my way. Because you begin to see everything that I wanted you to see. And you did not lean into your own understanding. I have something bigger and better for you. I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. And this is... This is my last point right here. This is my last point. We get down. We get down to verse number eleven. To verse number eleven, and it says this. And it came to flit, and it came to pass. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here it is. Yep, y'all it is. Here it is. Had to read the word again. Here it is. Ah. And it came to pass. That they fled from the before Israel and were going down into Bethlehem. That the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Ezekiah, and they died. And there were more which died with hellstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. <clears throat> God wants to remind you that your gifts. Your gifts are great, but God can do more in one moment than you can in a lifetime. God can do more in a moment than you can in a lifetime. But, but I read this, and Pastor, I, I got kind of confused. I'm not even going to lie. I got kind of confused because it says that the hailstorms killed more than they did with the sword. Why didn't the hailstones just kill them all? Why did they have to fight? And why didn't the hailstones just kill them all? I I want you to be careful. Of those preachers and those ministries that just say throw a dollar and holler and everything is going to be alright. We we need to be careful of those people who are selling prayer cloths and to say put this prayer cloth over you and everything is going to be alright. We have to be careful of those ministries that are out here selling tap water and saying, just drink this water, and everything is going to be alright. I'm not saying saying that God can't do it but what I'm saying is that there is the nature of God that we have to be so in tune with that God is saying that if you begin to work, watch what I will begin to do. So you're going to have to work. Yes, those kids are bad. Bring them to the altar but you're going to have to work at home. Yeah, your marriage is on the rocks. Bring them to the altar but you're going to have to do some stuff at home. Yes, you may have diabetes. it to the altar, but you may have to start jogging a little bit. You may have to start walking a little bit. You may have to change your diet a little bit. God is saying, yes, I can do it, but I want you to be in on the miracle also. And watch what I begin to do because when you begin to take one step forward, God will begin to take 10 steps that way. If you begin to take just a little leap of faith, God will begin to say, if you have the faith as potent as a mustard seed, why How I will begin to move mountains in your life, but it takes you doing a little work It takes you doing something. God can do it, but he wants to bring you in On the miracle he wants to bring you in he wants to bring you in and this is also a, a point to me because we start thinking that we big and bad. We think our gifts is what's getting it done. We, we, we think it's our preaching that's getting it done. And God is saying, oh, yeah, you're doing a little bit. But, but, but you're just a small pond in the bigger scheme of things. So don't put yourself so high and mighty. Because Joshua, if you got arrogant... And if you begin to think that you were bigger and badder than you was, I will wipe you off. And then I will begin to rain hailstones down and will begin to kill you all, begin to kill them all, and to show you that I didn't need you in the first place. God doesn't need you. God wants you. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. God doesn't need you to do anything. He wants to do things in your life. And we cannot be so arrogant in our ways to say, oh, the church need me. No, baby, the church don't need you. Oh, this ministry needs me. now. Nah, I'm sorry to say, but all we need is God, and God will begin to do certain things. A bishop started off with 10 people in a recreation center. You don't think that God can grow this thing again without you? How dare you begin to be so arrogant? How dare you begin to be so cocky that you think that your gift is what's getting people saved? Yeah, your gift is good, but it's God who is doing. In there. It says, it says that in that day, right then and there, killed more people than they did with the sword. But God still wanted you to be a part of it, God still wants you. To, he, he still needs you to do some work. I, I'm, I'm sorry if you've been deceived into thinking that you get his name and claim it. I, I'm, I'm sorry if you've been deceived that you can write yourself a check for a million dollars. And then in the 10 years, is this going to happen? I, I, I'm sorry if you've been deceived that if you write down everything that you want in a wife. It's just going to be right then and there. I'm sorry if you've been deceived that way, but but God is saying that I need you to do some work also. He's not a genie. He's not a genie. You can't rub him and then just get three wishes. You you can't you you cannot talk to him all week, and then all of a sudden say God, I need you today, and then all of a sudden everything changes. God doesn't, he, he wants you to be a part of the miracle. And this is my last point. This is my last point. We see that compassion and forgiveness is necessary. We see that we must live on assignment. We must live on assignment. And my last point is we must pray the impossible. Joshua 10 and 12 says, this spoke Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still upon Gibeah and now moon in the valley of Asia. What, what I see here, I'll, I'll let y'all know when, when to do it. What, what, I, what I see here is that we begin to look at the miracle, but we oftentimes miss the principle. Because we will look and say, God, God you, you, you can't make the sun stand still in my life. I, I, just, I just know you can't. I, I, it's, it's physically impossible. What, what Joshua did was, was a miracle. Like He asked the sun to stand still. And we will begin to look at it, and we will begin to look at our lives and begin to see the sin in our lives. We will begin to look and say, God, God, I'm, I'm not Joshua. But I'm reminded that these people, they were just men and women. There was nothing super special about Joshua. Joshua was just like you and I. He didn't have any special gifts that, that that we don't attain. Actually, we have more than what Joshua has. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And what happens is we look at these lofty miracles and we say, Ah God, I don't know if you can do that in my life. But there's a principle that was behind this miracle. Joshua did not just pray this miracle out of nowhere you see what happens was is that joshua remembered the promise of god since he remembered the promise of god he began to say to himself that if there is anything that will stop me from getting to the promise of god i have authority to begin to speak over that thing So, since the sun going down could potentially stop him from getting to the promise of God, Joshua then had the authority to say, son, stand still, because he did not want anything to stop him from getting to the promise of God. So, that's the principle that he is teaching you here today, that if there is anything that is stopping you from getting to the promise of God, you have the authority. to say no matter how big it is, no matter how powerful it is, no matter how much money it has, no matter how least my education is, I have the authority to begin to speak to that thing and that thing has to fall up under the grace of God because it is stopping one of his children from getting to the promise of God. And our problem is we don't know the promises of God. If we begin to understand what the promises of God is in our lives there will be no sun stand still moment in our lives that we cannot pray and that thing begin to change he He had the principle. He had the audacity to say that I'm going to pray this because God had promised me something and this is the thing that is stopping me from getting to said promise. I don't know what it looks like the sun is going down in your life today, but I dare you to begin to pray the impossible. I dare you begin to say, God, this thing looks like it's impossible in my life life but because I know the promise that you have given me I know that I can begin to speak to that thing and that thing has to be moved out of my way I know the promise that you have promised me and it looked like it's not going to come to pass but if I begin to speak to that thing under the unction of the Holy Spirit that thing has to come up under suggestion. To God, we can all stand. Thank you for listening to the New Birth Christian Ministries podcast. Visit us online at newbirthcm.org.